0: Totally forgot that, like, it's 9.30 and my kids are in bed, and here I am. I'm <laughs> The mic was off, but I'm singing it loud, and uh, probably <laughs> not. Every the, little thing I do. You know, mama. I was like, is the door closed? I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to hear it for sure. <laughs> All
1: right. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. And here are your
0: hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are, I think, live on Facebook. Pierre, we're live on the facebook group as far as i know hey
1: th- this is the first time can you hear me yeah i can hear you yeah this is the first time i've ever done facebook live for anything this is not your first time because i remember you guys did a fantasy football draft i believe that was a facebook live somebody was going around with the camera and you guys were like just taking short interviews or putting the camera on the, the next guy up to up to uh the drafted player am i right or am i wrong
0: that there is some validity to that. Um, I think that was I think Facebook Live was new at that stage and somebody just clicked live and it just kept going. We were just sucking off of Scotty's Wi-Fi and broadcasting the whole thing live. Um, <laughs> this is a little bit different. Um, obviously, um, you know, it's not with a phone. It's with a computer. There's some software I need to do. I got double if I can. I got two camera angles if I need to. I don't know how to even manage that. That's why we need somebody else to help us with it. But there is, obviously, we're doing this for a reason. Uh, We're not going to say why at this particular moment, but um, we've been presented with an opportunity that I think is going to be a lot of fun for us if we can figure out tech-wise how this is going to go. But uh, that's all I'm going to say about it. I don't know if you want to say something else, but that's all I'm going to say
1: about it. No, I'm excited about the opportunity. Uh, I was not privy to that conversation, unfortunately, because I I had zipped home and there was some technical difficulties, but uh, the meeting that you had with this this other gentleman went really well, and uh, I'm excited, and that's all I'm going to say on it, too.
0: All right. Let's get right into uh, this episode. It is episode 61, and we're going headlines. Headlines with Brock and Pep. So that's,
1: that's Superman, eh? Not like a right. oh, Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's just. Uh, 60, famous, famous number 61's in hockey. Radic Bonk? No.
0: Is there a famous 61? What's uh Nash. Didn't did Nash wear what Rick Nash? Was he 61? I like Rick Nash too.
1: Anyway. Where's, where's Kurt? Oh, we need to fact check. Anyway, so I'm actually I'm
0: waiting for Kurt to give me the old uh, message that says uh, thumbs up that this is actually be streaming. So (laughs) we could we could be talking to nobody regardless. (laughs) We're recording this It's going out on the podcast. So let's (laughs) we'll figure that out. All right. Awesome. So we have uh, somewhat breaking news uh, from the NFL and it is not great news to say the least. There is a scandal out right now from the Washington Redskins. Do you have? Have you heard anything about this, Pep?
1: Uh, before we went on air, I uh, just went onto my phone just to make sure I really didn't miss anything. Uh, our discussion topics. See, uh, see, across this particular story that you just mentioned, and. I don't know if I can add anything more. It's all very preliminary. I know Washington, the franchise itself, has now hired an attorney. Um, And 15 women have come forward, uh, allegedly... um, They're alleging that they were sexually harassed. Sexually assaulted, in fact. It's a a big deal for a franchise that's really right now upside down.
0: Very big deal. When... In a city that's upside down. When the the racism related to the name is not the biggest story in Washington. Um, So here, according to some NFL news um, insiders, so that's the problem right now is everybody's sitting on this this info because nobody's kind of willing to put it out there yet, I guess, officially. Um, In this article, it alleges that Dan Snyder, who's the owner of the Washington – formerly Redskins, uh, abuses drugs and alcohol. He's paid off refs multiple times. Some refs have made up to $2 million off of Snyder alone. Uh, Snyder has indicated he's not the only team owner that's paying off refs. Uh, Snyder and former Redskins coach Jay Gruden, brother of John Gruden, pimped out their cheerleaders to season ticket holders while holding their passports from them in a foreign country. Okay, I'll let that sink in for a second. Also, Jay Gruden and the Redskins running back, Capri Bibbs. Are you familiar with Capri Bibbs?
1: What a great name. No, I I remember Bibbs from last year, but I don't remember his name was being Capri. What a great name.
0: Yeah, Capri Bibbs. Uh, Apparently, they were sleeping with the same woman. And when Jay found out, uh, he benched Bibbs. (laughs) And in the game that Bibbs was benched, uh, his replacement is the guy who missed the block that resulted in Alex Smith uh, breaking his leg. And Alex Smith has, hasn't has played football since. Uh, there's wow. also the rumors of Snyder and Gruden would hold sex parties with rampant drug usage and some sexual assaults, which may be part of this 15 women that are coming uh, forward. And also that Snyder held nude photo shoots with the Redskins cheerleaders. Lawyers are involved, obviously, and there's a possibility that the FBI is actually going to be involved too. So um, the Washington I, I, look, Redskins I, are going to be in some hot water. The Patriots are the team that's like, sweet.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, Let's
0: move on from us. But that stuff is disturbing.
1: Well, all I have to say about the Washington Redskins franchise is that this can't, be, this can't come as any shock to anybody. Uh, Dan Snyder has, has driven this team – right to the ground. Like he's just, he's ruined in the last 20 years. They really haven't been competitive aside from a very, very brief two year span where RG three, Robert Griffin, the uh, third was, I believe their number one pick and maybe third or fourth overall. I can't remember where he was picked, but he had a great rookie season and a spectacular sophomore season season before ripping up his knee. Yeah. Aside from that, that short span of time, they've been the joke of the league and for many reasons, and like I think everything you just said, there's, there's where there's smoke, there's fire. When fifteen women come forward and adle- allegedly uh, claim that they were sexually assaulted, there, where there's smoke, there's fire. And this franchise was so proud at one point. I mean, this franchise dates back to Vince Lombardi. He coached them. That was the last team he coached before he got sick. You know, this franchise is a storied franchise. They're arguably one of the best franchises of the 80s. I know we talk about the 49ers of the 80s, but the Redskins won three Super Bowls in the 80s. Yeah. It's a storied franchise. Great players. Joe Gibbs, the Hogs, John Riggins, the Art Monk. Doug Mon- Williams. Doug Williams. Doug Williams. You know, broke so many barriers going to Washington. Joe Theismann, Tons. Dexter Manley, Charles Mann. I mean, I can list off. I, Washington was one of my favorite teams when growing up. And, uh, and it's just so sad to see a franchise, franchise like this. And as far as the name's concerned, I'm glad we're putting that to rest because people who are offended by other people being offended <laughs> really need to have their head examined. Why are you bothered so much by a name that bothers other people? It's just a name. Uh, and look, I, I've, I am just as guilty. I've done a whole 180 on this. Five or six years ago, I think I, I this this topic came up and I said, what? It's just just a name. I never think anything of the Redskins. In fact, for me, it, it's, it's a sign of strength and uh, a strong people and they've overcome. But, you know, humans evolve. Yeah. Humanity has to evolve. And this is one way that we're evolving is by like, this is offensive to a group of Navajo people. Let's just change the name so we don't offend anybody. It's just a name. It's just a name. So, Washington, you, you guys are in hot water. And for them, Brock, for them to go and – what what, did this, what was the term they used? Retire. They retired the Redskins' name. Basically, they're celebrating the name, essentially. Right. For, for me, I have a real problem with that. They could have waited a little bit longer to do that. They could have just said, "Let's, you know what, let's let the dust settle. Let's come up with a new name, rebrand, and maybe a year from now approach the – Approach the people who are offended by this name and say, look, we want to we want to honor our history of the franchise. We want to do this right. Let's retire the name, but have your blessing by doing so. But they just did it within a week of changing their their, it just isn't Brock. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, all that to say um, what you just said is uh, I've never heard of any of those stories. That is crazy.
0: Yeah, it'll be uh, interesting when the dust settles and actual uh, testimonies are published and made public. Um, I wasn't sure where you were your going feeling? Or, Uh With the Redskins? Schneider's yeah. always rubbed me the wrong way to begin with. Um, and just sort of the way he runs his team and the way he... Uh, I don't know, it's hard to put my finger on it, but for that aspect, it it doesn't quite surprise me. Because this is not only doing illegal things, um, but it's, it's the cover-up aspect of it, and it's kind of, from an organizational standpoint, it all stems from the owner down. So if the owner is kind of shady and is willing to cover things up or willing to break the law or willing to do things that... Um, you know, again, you watch, uh, an Epstein documentary on Netflix and you think of all the rich and powerful people who think they can do, um, acts that are outside of the law and human decency and get away with it because of their status. I feel like, again, I've never in my life met him, dealt with them or anything. He just, from the get go, from his stint with the Redskins, uh, have, I've got that feeling that he would probably fall into that category as well. That's just, yeah. so, you know, this, I'm not overly surprised. So I'm, I'm curious to see the validity, the validity of it as we go.
1: And if I were to compare a basketball team to the Washington Redskins, uh, m- minus all that awful stuff you just mentioned, I would have to compare the Washington Redskins to the New York Knicks. S- same timeline of ownership change back in the early 2000s. Same shitty success or lack of success over the last 20 years. The two franchises have actually modeled each other over the last 20 years. And it's sad. I mean, we're talking about two big markets. The NBA is better when New York is good. And I believe the NFL is better when the Washington franchise puts a good product on the field. And that, that NFC least has been tough to watch over the last few years. So, I mean, yeah. here's an opportunity for them to rebrand. Ron Rivera, Brock. I think you and I can both agree, did a wonderful job in Carolina, yeah. an absolutely wonderful job with real mishmash of players. Like he didn't really, he never really had the uh, your your prototypical NFL offense. You know, uh, plug ins at wide receiver. Uh, you know, your running backs up until they drafted McCaffrey were in and out. They had Greg Olson for years, but really, he did a really, really good job in Carolina, and they they finally made a move. Where I'm like, that is a smart hire.
0: Yeah. I mean, Ron Rivera, I was excited to see what he was going to be doing, but, um, you know, You think again, he's, uh,
1: he's thinking what the hell have I gotten myself into?
0: Um, yeah, he has to be. And I feel like he just didn't know. I mean, whatever. He must not have known what he was getting into. And I think now it's just kind of a, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with him. He might pull the shoot. Sure. Like, I feel like he's a classy enough guy where he's going to, he's going to. I'm out of here. Yeah, really. You know, just say, look, I want nothing to do with this team, with this organization. Yeah. So for me, yeah. you know, I, I see him saying, yeah, you know what? I'll get another job somewhere, but I need to disassociate myself from the Washington Redskins at this point.
1: I don't, and yeah. I hated the Jay Gruden hire for the record.
0: All right, for the record, there. Pep on the record. Okay. Yeah. So, this is, we're going to have more stuff coming out. You know, again, along the lines of the Washington Redskins changing their name, uh, the Edmonton Eskimos of the Canadian Football League have decided that they will also change their name. Uh, We don't know what that is still, but they have made that decision, which I thought there was a lot more um, resistance there initially. So, some of the, the tweets I'd seen come out and, and stuff about from the Redskins, and they were defending the, the Eskimo name and the strength that it brought and the ability to, um, you know, withstand cold weather because all that kind of stuff. So, I thought maybe they're, they're working too hard to defend it, but, um, you know, they've succumbed also to the public pressure uh, in terms of that name and will change it. So, um, again, that's just along the lines of the Redskins, a, a long entrenched. Uh, organization within the Canadian Football League, which has probably been around longer than the Redskins, um, who is now going to be changing their name. Um, again, I'm not saying I disagree with the name change. It's just uh, it's it's a a sign of the times. And 2020 yeah. will be one of those years where we say, you know what? Like there were some pretty decent changes in terms of uh, the landscape, and and some historical things have have changed in 2020. You know, among other things, some sport franchise now.
1: Hey, as far as I'm concerned, the term can- uh, "cancel culture" is what I hear often. It's not about cancel culture. It's about evolving as human beings and understanding what is offensive to people. Maybe these maybe these people have have kept their feelings in for years and just never wanted to ruffle any feathers or upset you know upset these these people with a ton of money. And it's time to it's time for change. And it's like we're not talking about. You know the game of football is offensive, so we we need stop playing football. We're talking about a nickname for a football team. Uh, I will give the Eskimos this: the name goes back one hundred and fifty years, much much older than the Redskins. There's no real uh, logo that's offensive on their on their helmet or on their on their jersey. There never really has been an offensive logo. I, for one, really don't know what an Eskimo is. Um. So I, I don't have a, a horse in the race. I really don't. I just know that you can come up with another name that starts with E, like elk, Elks, or, or I don't know, or just just elks, rebrand. Elephants, I mean, eels. Elephants, Elks, yeah, uh, just rebrand. The, the EE on their helmets, it, it needs a rebrand anyways. The helmet has gotten old over the last decade, and uh, and it's just, it just, they need a rebrand, but keep the same color scheme, keep the whole Packers look, it looks fine. And uh, and come up with a new logo. Who cares? Oh, Ottawa Renegades did they've done okay with that. They want a Great Cup, Red Blacks now. Like who yeah, cares? It's still,
0: it's still you would still probably want the EE. Like it's such a iconic thing. If the second E is not for Eskimo, it's something else. Like the Red Blacks, you know they didn't want okay. to use Rough Riders because the Gleberman screwed the whole city over on that. <laughs> but it's still it's an R. <laughs> I get. I just Just the name. I just. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> keep the E. Uh, just make it for something else. Uh, how about also- keep any?
1: Do it like Winnipeg has the W on their on their helmet. Keep the E. Just one giant E. Like, I mean, what are we talking about here? Offending a whole culture or just putting an, an E on a helmet? So that's my that's just my argument. I mean, I, I I'm not I'm I don't know if I'm right or wrong. That's just how I feel.
0: So just to clarify. Your argument is that it's just a nickname, don't make a big deal about it, and just change the name. Big deal from a, from a franchise standpoint, change the name. If it's pissing people off and, and offending people, change it. Not a, yes. it's just a nickname, you people who are offended by it, relax. It's not that no. standpoint, no. it's from the other no. one. I just wanted to make sure that our listeners yeah. no. understand yes. where you're coming from.
1: The people who are offended by the, by the people who are offended, if that makes any sense the people who are offended by the people who are who find that name offensive yeah really should have their heads examined gotcha. that's my philosophy because what what do you care it's just a name but to them it's not just a name it bothers them so let let the name change okay you you appease everybody you still have your franchise in the city you a chance to rebrand make some money off merchandise i mean there's there there are benefits to all of this so if the name offends offends people, and I'm not talking, look, I'm not talking about, I don't know, the Ottawa Senators, for example, and how if there are corrupt senators in the city of Ottawa, change the name because I find it offensive. No, you need to have a legit argument. You need to have a valid reason for, for it being offensive. And I think the term redskins is offensive. The logo is a, is a man with red skin. You know, that, that particular people, the Navajo people, find that offensive. So... In terms of, again, I can't talk on Eskimo, though. I, I don't know enough about it, but if, if it offends a certain group of people within Canada, then, it, then we just change it, we just change it, and we move on. And the CFL and its league commissioner, Randy Ambrosi, I think do a wonderful job. I'm really, really... He's a really good commissioner. He really is. And I think he's going to make the right decision. They're going to do some market research and see what they can come up with.
0: All right, then. I agree. I like him. And then also... These people or those people? I think that's even. Uh, people get offended by that these days. Anyway, not. Don't I go into it. Ch- that's that's yeah. That's okay. Uh, also, headlines. My baby does the hanky pain
1: baby. My baby.
0: You guys are all wondering what the hanky-panky's for. <laughs> Ottawa's very own Henry Burris was inducted into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. <laughs> Obviously, the UC would like to send out our big congratulations to, to Big Hank. Uh, very well-deserved. And... Uh, yeah, obviously, he was a Hall of Famer from, uh, from the end of his career. We knew he was going to get in. You're a big Rough Rider had, guy, too.
1: He had a chance in the NFL, and he wasn't given the, ch- the opportunity Bears, the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I Bears. thought, I thought the, that to- at that time, they didn't really have a, a quarterback worthy of, uh, of even naming, and he was on the list, and I don't think he got a fair shot, but he, I, think, I believe he came back to play with Hamilton, but he, had, he was with Saskatchewan before his opportunity with the Bears, and in Saskatchewan, he was, he was revered. They loved him in Saskatchewan. I loved watching him play. They had a fun team, so congratulations, Smile and Hank, and if you're listening, which I don't I, well, you're currently, you're not listening right now, because this is a podcast. It
0: could be live. If, it's going, if this
1: worked right. and it's streaming live, you never know. Curtis,
0: are we live? Come on. I don't know. At one point, he said, I don't fine. think so, so I don't, right. uh, Yeah,
1: Hank, we want you on the show. Uh, we'd love to have you as a guest. Talk a little Ottawa football. Talk about your family. Talk about how you how you like living in Ottawa full time. And uh, is he still do CTV morning? Is he still on the? Uh, no, on he the,
0: doesn't. This, uh, okay. No, I think he's off that. I texted him. Yeah. I texted him a congratulatory uh, text today when I heard that he was on the okay. Hall of Fame. Um, I haven't heard back, but that also could be because my freaking iPhone auto spell checked before and I pressed sent. So I sent him Henry and I spelled it H E N R I. I'm like, <laughs> and then I wrote back. I'm like I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry that Siri used your stripper name. It's Henry with the Y. I don't know why they did that. I'm embarrassed. Sorry. Ari. Ari. I was like, ah. <laughs> anyway. Well, I probably uh, won't hear back sick. from him, but whatever. We'll reach out. We'll get them out, hopefully. Uh, But congratulations. That's huge. Now, the last headline. We had a poll. You put a poll out on our Facebook group page about whether or not Canada should allow U.S. Major League Baseball teams into the country to play our beloved Jays. Do you have the results of that? Did you vote on that? I voted no.
1: I'm pulling it up. I voted. I don't know. What did I vote? I voted yes, I believe, but uh, some arguments made me change my mind. I'm just pulling up our page right now on my phone, so if you guys can just hang, bear with me here for a second. Uh, Let's see. Okay. So we had uh, 10 people, 10 votes no, 5 votes yes. I think I voted yes. Yes, I did. I voted yes, only because I want to see the Jays play in the Dome, uh, just for nostalgic purposes, and I think they're going to have a a home field advantage. Uh, But Anybody who voted no, and I, I, I think you voted no, I think most people who voted no were just a firm, like, listen, what's going on down south right now is, a, is a, just a hot, hot mess. Now, the argument is like, okay, so let's say the Jays don't play at home. They're going to be relocated to a, a, a city like Dunedin, which is, as you know, in Florida. And Florida is, as you know, a, probably the worst state in the entire country right now uh, in the United States for uh, COVID nineteen, so what are we talking about here? You know, they're certainly not going to play in Buffalo. I, I just, well, I mean, I guess if there's no fans, it doesn't matter where they play. Correct. But um, well, I get Buffalo in that sense makes sense. Because, you know, it's it's a close proximity to Toronto, but uh, you know, having these American guys come in and expect them to follow the protocol and stay in the bubble, and the bubble being the Rogers Center. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys, you know what they're doing? You know how it works, Brock? They don't leave the, they don't leave the Rogers Center, no, these they guys. the Rogers
0: Center, the hotel's right next to it. If they leave, I think they're uh, up for like a $700,000 fine and possible yeah. jail time.
1: Yeah. Jail they time. They're at the Renaissance Hotel, which is in Rogers Center. Right. They eat there. They stay there. I don't know what, what kind of entertainment there is, but that's, they, they're living there for the next however long, uh, barring travel for, for uh, away games. Wow. I didn't, I didn't realize it was that. True. When, I, when I hear the term bubble or hub city, I just I envision like a, a two-kilometer radius outside of where they're playing for food and for entertainment or, or whatever, right? If, um,
0: Which is if the hockey people, one is like that to a point. The hockey bubble. Because what? the hockey bubble, there's more teams. It's like a hub yeah. city. So uh, one, yeah. a, a guy I used to play Ottawa U with, Brad German, it, lives in Edmonton. I messaged him because he's also a practice goalie for the Oilers. So I said, Brad, I said, are you just like a, you know, an on-call going to be practice goalie for all these teams because they're there? And he said he couldn't leave his family and be in the bubble to be on that. But one of the restaurants that he manages is in the bubble. So there's that. Yeah, so I think there's a, there's a bubble and then there's like, you know, even a smaller bubble around the actual rinks and practice facilities and teams. So it's uh, it's a little bit different, but from Toronto's perspective, it's just the one team. They're, they're, they you have everything there. Like it's not like I feel sorry for the Jays for being locked up in a beautiful hotel that's huge and a, and a huge Sky Dome that has your workout facility, has the roof open. Yep. So it's not like you're not getting fresh air. Yep. You get everything catered. You get whatever. Hey, yeah, put me in a bubble.
1: Enjoy it. You know what I mean? I say enjoy it. So, well, what and what? The, I'm not sure. If, have you seen what they're doing in the NBA? No, I haven't. The, these guys, same concept, except they have—they actually just instilled a hotline. You can rat on guys who are <laughs> who are breaking the the bubble because there's a like hockey. There's only playoff teams within that bubble. Of I think it's Orlando, right? Is yeah. where they're playing. Um. So, but they've established a hotline where you could tell on somebody who's either left of, left the complex or didn't wear a mask when they had their food delivered or stuff yeah, like that And Dwight Howard has been reported twice already. Really? And he's like someone's someone's just. And it's no joke, right? This isn't a. This isn't like a prank call or. They're taking this pretty seriously, so he's he's one. From what I read the article, he's one more call away from saying like, "F this, I'm out of here."
0: Well, that's. Uh, I think I. Now you mentioned the uh, the rat hotline, the snitch line. I think it's one eight hundred Takashi six nine. Is that the guy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> How the hell is that guy still in the news? That guy is a giant <laughs> crayon. What, what the hell is he famous for anyways? Music? Uh, no, for ratting somebody out or snitching. I don't know. That's the
0: only time I so, think he snitched on somebody. I don't know.
1: Anyway. I'm sick of seeing his name on Facebook. I, he comes up every like once a month, and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? I, I, I don't well, Snitch what? When he's, is his music any good? Like, is he? No clue. I should end the, no the, the
0: segment with it, but I'm not going to. Uh, I no. have no clue. I have absolutely no clue. Yeah. I just know he's synonymous yeah. with being a snitch. That's where the joke came from. Other than that, I got nothing.
1: <laughs> well, all okay.
0: Right. All right, all right, all right. This brings us to uh, some... NFL contracts. And at the top of that yeah. list is the guy who probably owns this song, owns this band, owns whatever he wants. Patrick Mahomes signs a <laughs> 10-year extension worth about $450 million for the extension. Over 12 years, that's added to the first two, that the two he's got left. Over 12 years, he's scheduled to make 503 million dollars half a billion dollars hmm. Hmm. is that not crazy that's uh it,
1: yeah yeah i mean it's crazy but i mean worth it, it it's crazy money for anybody it's crazy money for anybody but if you look at patrick mahomes he he they just won a super bowl he is all world at the at his position deep ball short ball uh uh he's able to scramble he can read defenses he I mean, he came back from being behind in the Super Bowl. I mean, the guy—the guy's money—and their window is like the next five years. He could—he could. Now he could, that now that Tom Brady is out of the division, out of the conference, he could win two or three more Super Bowls. So it'll be money well spent. But yeah. did the Chiefs win the lottery? Like I—I I didn't. I thought that Kansas City was a small market team.
0: They were until you sign a guy like Pat Mahomes, win the Super Bowl. Um, have one of the most powerful offenses that that we've seen since the greatest show on turf. And Yeah, they're really good. You know, I was looking at the structure of Pat Mahomes contract. And next year he's making like five point eight million. And then it's uh you know it goes up. It's like twenty million and then there's like a uh twenty eight or something like that. Anyway, he's like twentieth of top salary of the quarterbacks. Like he's pretty low and then in like the fourth year is when he starts going to like the forties fifties at one point in 2027, I think it is. He goes up to like just under 60 for that season. Um, so again, by that time he, I think they said the turnaround time for him is about between now and 2027, where he's got to figure out how to snap the ball, be two guards, two tackles (laughs) and a slot back in order to financially make a team on the field. But I think for the next couple of years, his salary and the structure is still pretty low. That it's I team think, friendly. It's team friendly. I think KC has a team that can push for the next couple of years for sure. After oh, that, I, I guess I think a lot of it has uh, is thinking that um, the uh, salary caps will raise, which is going to be you know something that uh, I know the NHL is dealing with in terms of it not. Being raised because of revenue, lack of revenues coming in because of this COVID stuff. But um, the NFL, I think, is counting on, or the Kansas City Chiefs are counting that the salary cap is raised, and maybe they figure that out. But they also offered somebody else a pretty decent contract lately, and I can't remember who it yeah. is now. Um. Anyway,
1: Chris Jones. Yeah, their Chris defensive lineman. That's right, and yeah, it was they, substantial it for good money.
0: <clears throat> it was substantial.
1: Seventy-five mil for six years or something like that.
0: Yeah, which I thought that's
1: uh, let me. Let me say this about the Kansas City Chiefs. They're the polar opposite of the Washington Redskins. They have, they've had stable ownership for 50 years. Uh, they, they, are, they are essentially the Pittsburgh Steelers of their division. Stable ownership. They're never down for too, too long because they draft well. Uh, I think Andy Reid is going to go down as one of the best coaches in NFL history. He is now. Why? Why? Because of what he did in Philadelphia. I mean, people forget that he took a he took a very good Philadelphia team to the Super Bowl, and they were very, very good for a long, long time. And how about him having the sense, the wherewithal to say, Alex Smith came off an All Pro season with the Kansas City, and he said, mm, "We're going to give this kid a chance," <laughs> and and it worked out pretty good. Mahomes. I mean, I'm not saying Alex Smith was a bad quarterback, because in fact, when he before he got hurt, I think Washington was five and one. So. I mean, it was a good move for Alex Smith, you know, his own team, and nobody behind him to worry about. But how about Andy freaking Reed having the having the, the vision to say, this kid is going to be something, and they, they pulled the trigger. That was a gutsy move. And he was going to get – I mean, Kansas City was already pretty good. He was going to get it in the media if that move didn't work out.
0: Yeah, I've actually heard that uh, Belichick is thought that Andy Reed's – decision making and some of those visions that he's had of of Mahomes and some of the guys he's given chances to have been so spot on that Belichick has started eating cheeseburgers at midnight in bed as well
1: (laughs) he might be was Andy Reid no this would have been before Andy Reid Andy Reid I feel like Andy Reid had a had a some sort of influence on Brett Favre's career Uh, he might have been an assistant with the Packers uh
0: was he not the head coach of the Packers when he was there
1: no, he was an offensive coordinator. Um, I feel like he had some influence in either getting far from Atlanta. It, there, there's, there's a connection there. We'd have to look that up, but there's a connection there. So clearly the guy's a, a quarterback guru, and he knows what he's doing. Uh, uh, could you look that up wow. for
0: me, please? Oh, yeah, that's right. Dr. K, we don't have a staff of 20, but I don't have a staff of anything. But if I had somebody, they'd be sitting right here on the couch. They'd be looking this up for us. And uh, the show would flow so much better. So again, anybody out there looking for some uh, experience with, uh, I, I want to say live shows. Just, if we start moving, that'd be uh, that'd be wonderful.
1: Look, you just gotta. We give you a T-shirt. You just all you gotta do is fact check when we tell you to fact check. You turn on your phone. You look up, up. You Google whatever engine you use, and then just look up what we're talking about. You get a free T-shirt.
0: Never mind. If you just heard that spiel, I understand why you're like, (laughs) next. (laughs) All right. So Mahomes, we already talked about him. Everybody's talking about Mahomes. Uh, Another big signing, Derrick Henry. Four years, 50 mil, which I actually kind of think is low for Derrick Henry. I don't know what your feeling is. That's what, uh, you know, 12 and a half a season.
1: Uh, Well, what what did Le'Veon Bell get? 17 a year? 18 a year? Yeah, like... Well, so, I don't, I don't fact, have that. Uh... Like Derek Henry was a throwback running back last year in the playoffs. I did, I think there was a, the one game they beat. I don't remember who they beat in the playoffs. Tennessee Titans I'm talking about. But I think Tannehill had only had like 17 pass attempts. They ran the ball down your throat last year. And he's a load. He's a big man with long strides he is just an absolute load. He reminds me of a, of a younger, sort of bigger, maybe a little bit slower, Steven Jackson. Just a hard guy to tackle. Uh, cerebral guy, good runner, hits the hole, doesn't mess around, doesn't dance. Uh, I think he's worth every penny personally, but the running back position, as you know, is now devalued. And uh, a lot of these guys are, a lot of these coaches are of the uh, of the mindset of like, well, we'll just plug and play and we're not going to spend a lot of money on our running backs I beg to differ. And uh, I think you've mentioned this in the past, how offenses sort of come in circles, right? Like in the NBA, yeah. the center seems to be dwindling. I think in the NFL, we're going to start seeing the running back. If you look at all the Super Bowl winners over the years, they've had good running games. And uh, Tennessee was a game away from the Super Bowl, you know? Yeah. So,
0: you yeah, got to give him credit. So, okay, so Derrick Henry gets signed. This is the potential 2020 free agency class for running backs. Derrick Henry was right up there. He just got signed, so he's no longer a free agent. Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Philip Lindsay, Marlon Mack, Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, James Conner, Kareem Hunt, Matt Breda, Tariq Cohen, and Chris Carson. Is there, That's there's, a good class. You know, whatever. We don't have stuff to say at this point, but I'm curious to see where all these running backs go. Because they're not all going to re-sign with the teams. route. Well, we already know uh, Gurley's out. Actually, no, he's still he was traded, but he's still going to be a free agent in 2021. So, anyway, it's going to be very I interesting. Like but there's Fournette. some good horses.
1: Like Fournette's asked for a trade. He may he may have tra- he may have uh, trailed back and said no. I'm uh, I'm happy in Jacksonville, but by the looks of things, Jacksonville is basically blowing up that uh, 2018 conference finals team with Blake Bortles. They're taking every piece of that team and just blowing it up and starting from scratch again. Um, and Fournette is was one of those players that I thought was really, really good for them that year. And we're not talking five years ago. We're talking two years ago when Fournette went into Pittsburgh and just beat they were up twenty one nothing before we blinked. And uh, and he's he's a load when he's healthy. So uh, here that's a guy that's a guy that teams may want to look at. Now I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but he doesn't have the greatest hands. Fournette?
0: Uh, Whatever. Not horrible, but not uh not.
1: I feel like teams really value these guys now that can uh, catch out of the backfield.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they had uh, TJ Yeldon doing that for them, too. So he was the preferred pass-catching back for sure. But, I mean, yeah, I guess I would agree. Then say Leonard Fournette wasn't the best pass-catching back, but I've seen worse. Let's just put it that way.
1: They may not have won the Super Bowl last year, but if you look at the 49ers formula for success, it wasn't Garoppolo going deep to his receivers all the time. He had had an all-pro tight end, and he had a three-headed monster at running back. And I think that really, and of course, maybe the best defense in pro football last year, but that is the formula for success in the NFL, and it has been for 100 years. So... You know, I, I, teams just, they get all pass happy, right? Like, they get all like, the, the greatest show on turf, those offenses only take you so far and they only last for so long. You know, the tried, tested and true offense is, as far as I'm concerned, you got a good fullback, you got a, a workhorse RB1 and a good backup and a tight end that can catch and block. And then you just plug in the receivers. I think the receivers, for me, are more plug and play than they are for running back. Call me crazy, call me old school, but these diva receivers, I mean, I don't know. You can plug and play any diva receiver with the, with decent hands.
0: Yeah, as long as they can run the routes. You get some timing issues with quarterbacks, but other than that, yeah. I mean, yeah. And the, the, a lot of offices are ran that way in order to specifically do that. Just move them around, plug and play. You know, five receivers this time, four or three, whatever. They can move them around. Somebody gets hurt next guy up, it, it seems to be like that. Running backs are a little bit harder to come by. From a longevity standpoint, anyway. So Derek Henry signed Miles Garrett, your boy Miles Garrett, your favorite. I <laughs> yeah, my boy. Signs five yeah. years, 125 mil. I guess the uh, the Browns really liked his gusto when he was smoking Rudolph over <laughs> over the head with his helmet um so that's uh, 125 mil and they said garrett was fined i think something like 46 or 45,623, dollars and that works out to uh with 125 mil he can hit rudolph in the head with his helmet another 2170 sometimes or 2700 whatever it is so uh oh. i look forward to the first brown steelers matchup of uh uh, 2021, if we have a season this year, I don't think that's going to happen. So that's why I'm saying 2021. Anyway, he signed quite a large contract. And the other one I have is, uh, the Dak Prescott is not signed. He's turned down a contract that was worth a guaranteed hundred some million dollars with an average of 33 to 35 mil a year. I guess he wanted a shorter term, uh, but Dallas was just not budging on the, uh, the year, so he's turned that down. He signed for the franchise tag this year, which was something like 33, I think. And uh, if he doesn't have a deal done by next year, they can also franchise tag him, which would be 37 million um, for the franchise tag. So whatever, let's not feel sorry for Dak. He's doing just fine.
1: Yeah. Uh, off the field, and bank look, account he, wise. Well, yeah, well, let's let's have a look here at at, uh, at his coaching history. We're gonna see. Whether or not it was Jason Garrett's fault or the quarterback's fault, this season they've got a legitimate, bona fide, successful Super Bowl-winning head coach in Mike McCarthy. We're going to see the the real Cowboys by midseason, and I would not be surprised if Mr. Prescott falters if we see Andy Dalton come in there. And Andy Dalton is Andy Dalton. I've I've seen enough of Andy Dalton to know that the guy can play. If he has weapons, the guy can play. Well, it's no joke that the, that the Bengals were uh, AFC North champions for a couple of years under Dalton. He's a good quarterback. So, hey, I, I'm, I'm not a Dak Prescott fan. Uh, not, 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 nothing for his off-the-field behavior. But his on-field play does not impress. I mean, he's got a little mobility left or right. He's got a pretty good arm. But for the most part, he was protected in that offense. He had a world-class offensive line. I mean, More what do you want? What back, kind of money yeah. deal? Win me a playoff game and then ask for $8,000 or whatever, they, whatever you're asking for.
0: Hey, uh, I don't know if you're teaching my kids math because they think $8,000 is a thing. It's not. Um, okay, we're <laughs> going to go take a break. Pep, you're going to reset your connection. It's a little bit slow. We will be right back.
1: Uh-oh. One, two, three, four, five, One, two, three, four, five, six, three.
0: All right, we're back. Pep is back. I can see him. It's not all digital. That uh, internet is going to be the death of me, Pep. Um,
1: this whole Quebec uh, Wi-Fi thing—it's a thing. Is um, it? You know, this is not the? Yeah, it's a thing. It's I think it's where I'm located. I'm in the uh, I'm in the heart of downtown hall, surrounded by buildings, hot, tall buildings. It's affecting the Wi-Fi. If you've seen the status of my street, it's completely dug up. They're changing all the wires and putting the. Uh, Electrical wires underground. It's just a gong show around here. So forgive me for the, for the uh, minor breakups in uh, communication. We're working on things, guys, okay?
0: We're going we're gonna to have to figure out how to get you plugged in with the computer. We're going to get you a LAN cable from your modem. It's going to be plugged into your damn laptop.
1: Anyway, I like that idea.
0: All right. Um, okay, so we covered headlines, whatever. That's basically what we want to do, but I got questions I want to ask you. I'm going to quiz you, Pep. All right. Okay? The first one I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you because there is no – it's not a right or wrong answer. Oh, Okay, there is kind of a right or wrong answer, but I wanted <laughs> to know your opinion. So I saw this tweet today, and I saw what Tom Brady uh, made his choice. But it's a Madden football question. So which Madden quarterback would you choose if you were building your team? The 2004 Michael Vick, the 2006 Peyton Manning, the 2008 Tom Brady, or the 2020 Pat Mahomes?
1: Mm. Mm. Again, evolution. I'm going to go 2020 Pat Mahomes and uh, a slight edge over the 2006 Peyton Manning. Slight edge, but right. Peyton Manning was. Un- their offense was unstoppable.
0: Who do you think uh, Brady took?
1: Don't tell me he took himself.
0: <clears throat> I'm asking you, who you think he took? He,
1: he took Manning. False. No. Who do you take?
0: The 2004 Michael Vick. What? Dude, 2004 Michael Vick in a Madden game. Well, can't stop him. I don't know. I haven't played Madden in years. And I know you haven't because you're still living in 94 NHL world. <laughs> but let's be serious. Michael Vick in 2004. Yeah. You could not. I don't even need a lineman. I don't need a, well, an offensive line. He just run. He's just yeah, unstoppable. You,
1: you scramble. You wiggle around. You dodge uh, five guys and you throw a. Sixty-yard bomb. Yeah, I remember. I remember how effective he was. I just—that's not how I play quarterback in Madden. I'm quick passes. Boom, 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 boom. I don't drop back fifty yards. That's the only problem I have with Madden. Is that no matter how good your offensive line is, you're getting it from all angles. It's not realistic enough. Okay. But yeah, I could see. It's a hot take. It's, frust- it's frustrating. A, it's a hot take right there. Yeah. Frustrating. Uh, okay.
0: Here's the actual question. So I was watching Peyton's places. Okay. Peyton's places. Yeah. Peyton Manning goes around the NFL it was for the 100th year or whatever, and he does all these things. So there's all these questions and all these things where I'm like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And you said he hadn't seen them, so you should know the answers to these. Um, but Peyton Manning, on a side note, is freaking hilarious. The guy makes oh. me laugh every single time. His delivery is phenomenal, his mannerisms and whatever. So, again, from, for a Tennessee guy, I think that he uh, is pretty funny. All right, 10 questions. All right. Here we go. Who drafted Johnny Unitas only to cut him? Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Steelers. That was a test. I wanted to see if you were going to get Because he's some of these Steelers. That's, Steeler that's not one of the questions? Yeah, it was one of the
1: questions. Oh, Wait, that's a yeah, good
0: one. one. One for one. The Steelers cut Hall of Famer Johnny Unitas after drafting him. Dude, the Steelers
1: passed on Dan Marino. <laughs> good. Dan Marino's a like, dink. We, we had Johnny Unitas. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. But I know. really, from a Steelers yeah.
0: standpoint, he's another pit guy. Both those guys played in Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, so yeah, uh, Marino and yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, you but it's baffling.
0: All right, what quarterback did John Candy almost get to play for his Toronto Argonauts?
1: Ah, uh, an uh, NFL guy. Yeah, NFL guy. Oh man, it would have been in the early '90s. Steve Young, close.
0: Played for the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: Uh, in the '90s, Joe Montana. <laughs> Joe Montana.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah. I still- don't know
1: if the CFL would have been his jam, man. I don't know. It's. <clears throat> I don't think
0: loose. so either. Uh, yeah. But I remember he was he was talking about uh, being in a huddle during one of the Super Bowls or whatever it was, and. He could see John Candy like on the sidelines through the huddle and anyway, he's making some comments. <laughs> and he says that John Candy tried to get me to, to Toronto or whatever. Anyway, um when was the only time a complete NFL franchise was traded for another?
1: Traded for another? Yeah. Oh man. Oh man.
0: I'd never heard of it. Oh, but I did get uh, a song that
1: might. Cincinnati?
0: No, no, here. I'm going to, because uh, this is hey, classic too. Hey!
1: Hey!
0: It's- hey. Show just on like the teams that did these friggin' songs. I did not know the Rams God, did a it. song like that. It, amazing. When it's called so, Ram it, and it, at one point it's like, like they do, so thi- they got, it just, I think they're like Ram It Hard. Like there's different, anyway, it's just <laughs> horrible. I gotta play the whole song at some point. But anyway.
1: St. Louis bought a trade, they got traded for like a, a franchise. Is that, is that the one you're talking about? St. Louis Rams? And it wasn't
0: St. Louis, it was actually the LA Rams. So it was, L.A. Uh,
1: traded to St. Louis?
0: Robert Irsay bought the L.A. Rams in 1972 for $19 million, immediately traded it to Carol Rosenblum for his Baltimore Colts. And Rosenblum, who left the Colts traded, went to L.A. as the owner. So that it, it wasn't like a free agency back in the day of like, yo, we got to get players, whatever. These guys legit just traded franchises. Oh, you own wow. Baltimore? I own. Okay, we're going to swap. And Rosenblum is also speculated to have this the the famous missing fifth Super Bowl, the Lombardi Trophy, because the Baltimore Colts had won it uh, in '71, and apparently he still has it somewhere. Since then, the Colts have got permission from uh, the league to have a uh, another trophy made up, whatever. By uh, what's that jewelry store? Um, the big famous jewelry store in New York.
1: Oh God, um, Zacks? Not Zacks. What's no. it called?
0: Uh, non-staff, what's the call?
1: Fact-checker? You still there? Uh, no. Nope. Okay.
0: I think it's a uh, lady's <laughs> name. No? Hillary's? or
1: Jubilee? No, no Jubilee. That's, that's you audible. know what Jubilee? <laughs> <laughs> Jubilee Smith. Yeah, it's her. Uh... Uh, Rosenblum is the one who, uh, who basically ran uh, Don Shula out of town, and then he went over to the Dolphins, and they had that perfect season. Not sure if you know that. I didn't. There you go.
0: Um... Anyway, so he's got. Oh, you got uh, me there. Yeah. Come on, Tiffany. Tiffany's. Tiffany's right. All right. See, I did it myself. Screw it. <laughs> well done. <Okay. laughs> All right. Who is the last official Iron Man of the NFL who played both ways full time?
1: Sorry, it cracked just a little bit when you were saying the last official what?
0: The last official Iron Man. So, guy who played both ways full time the last guy in the NFL to do so i'll say wow. he played for the philadelphia eagles
1: oh i know this one too
0: i figured you this know this this was a while uh,
1: clearly a while back oh man this is going to bother me blanda no no george chuck, blanda no no he was bears
0: chuck benarek
1: Chuck Bederick, I that's – what did he ben play Darryl. on offense, running back?
0: Uh, He played a, a variety of positions, but he was mostly a linebacker. That was his, like, primary thing, but he was uh, not a lineman, but he I think a fullback or he's one of those guys. Barely but,
1: sure he's a Hall of Famer. Oh,
0: I wouldn't doubt it. I think he is. Yeah. Uh, I tried to find a wow. quote because uh, in the Payton's places, you see him and he's talking about uh, – uh, guys that are specialized on one way or the other, and he, I think he calls them pussies. <laughs> oh, There's something in that sort of okay. sense, and I'm like, I got to find that quote, and I couldn't find it on uh, YouTube. Anyway, <laughs> he was the last one. Far
1: from it. Far from um,
0: it. Who is the only kicker to have won the NFL MVP award?
1: Ooh. Ooh. Oh, I, I want to say Adam Vinatieri, but it's not Adam Vinatieri. It's, uh, oh, man. I'm going to say Adam Vinatieri, but it's a guy from the 70s, I'm sure.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, well, 80s. It was Mark Mosley of the Washington Redskins. Re- uh, he won the MVP. He won the MVP in 1982. He had set a record for 23 consecutive field goals, which is really peanuts compared to Ottawa Red Black, Ottawa University Lewis Ward with over 60, but 23, <laughs> and it was really, I guess it was their defense. The Redskins' defense at the time was holding their opponents to under 20 points for a lot of it, so some, a lot of it was just field goals they needed to get to win. Sure. Bonus points if you can think of who he would have beaten for that award.
1: It, when, when, what year was it? 1982. Uh, did they win the Super Bowl? You said
0: they won the Super Bowl. Yes. Uh,
1: I, either I'm going to go either Joe Montana or Marcus Allen. He beat out Marcus Allen, Lawrence Taylor,
0: and Dan Fouts for the MVP award. <laughs>
1: that, it's crazy, that is so ridiculous. As a L- look up Mark Mosley. His kicking foot. He has. A, he wears a shoe that is. Uh, it Square. looks like a bowling shoe. He's yeah. got a square, yeah, a square nub at Big, the end. Big, hard, of it. square how toe. How embarrassing! He
0: said he wore five <laughs> socks because he didn't want the shoe to have any give. He needed the ball to have some give, and he was like one of the last, like straight-on kickers. But in like <laughs> shitty weather, I guess it's it's good because then your footing is not all wonky and stuff. Anyway, old school. It looks. Guy wins the MVP.
1: That style of kicking looks ridiculous. Would you not agree?
0: <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> what I remember is the guy for the Saints that used to tie was it him? There's one guy used to tie his toe up so the lace would go around and would tie his curl up and that's what he would <laughs> kick with. Is still... And then there was a guy on the Saints that I think had like club foot or something like that and it was a weird like his two different shoes and one was literally just like, looked like a boxing glove almost, so a real small thing and he would just punch it that way too. Yeah, He,
1: he died recently and he had he uh, up until I think Jason Elam for the Broncos, he he had the uh, record for longest field goal in NFL history. Uh, he passed away. I can't remember his name. Is that a Jan Stenryd or another? Oh, what the hell is this? I have to look him up. He, if we had a fact checker, we'd we be had, having these. Boom! Man, do something.
0: Boom. We'll just sit there. What are we paying you for? Seriously.
1: You got one too? Uh. Oh shoot! All right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Useless.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. okay. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm one for I'm one for five or whatever one now, Man, You got me, you okay. stumped me. Uh, what Hall of
0: Famer caught Brett Favre's first ever pass attempt? Sterling Sharp. Boom. No. Brett what? Favre. Brett Favre caught his own pass attempt. His very first attempt was blocked, and he caught it
1: with the Falcons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Um, wow.
0: Yeah. Okay, who's the last guy to have an interception and throw an interception in the same game? Your Steelers. I'll give you that hint.
1: Uh, Have an interception? At the Rod Woodson?
0: No. Nope.
1: Tony Dungy.
0: Tony Dungy Tony came Dungy. in. He played ah. the whole fourth quarter in one of those games for the Steelers when Bradshaw and the backup both got hurt. And he threw a pick, and then he got a pick later. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Love, love Tony Dungy, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge Tony Dungy fan. As a coach with the Colts and the Buccaneers, uh, he was an assistant for the Vikings for a little bit and uh, with Pittsburgh, just a great hall, hall of Fame guy, let alone coach. Anyway.
0: Agreed. Wow. Okay. Wow. All right. Who was the first NFL team to be featured in NFL Network show Hard Knocks? Ah, uh, Bengals. Close, same division. Brownies. No, still same division. Ravens. There you go. There's only one other team other than ah. the Steelers. You know, it wasn't the Steelers. The Ravens. The Ravens yeah. were the first yeah, one. Yeah. Big Tony Saragosha okay. and um, uh, what's their coach's name again? That coach Bill, at that point. Uh,
1: Brian Billick.
0: Yeah, Billick, uh, and Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and all those guys. Anyway. Is that, that how far back
1: Hard Knocks dates? Yeah. Because that's a, that's a long time ago. That's 2004.
0: Oh, yeah. And recently I've watched uh, the Oakland one. And I got to say... Good? Yeah, it was good. Um, they're always good. Like, behind the scenes is always good. Yeah. Um, uh, knock on wood if you're with me, and uh, everybody's got to <laughs> knock on wood. It's <laughs> 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 kind of a but uh, overall, uh, it's John I was like, Gruden, by the way, everybody. Yeah, for those who don't away. know, that's John Gruden. Knock on, knock on wood if you're with me. Okay, okay, coach. Um, but uh, anyway, it was uh, it was good, like you know, from a fiasco standpoint, because you know what kind of fiasco Oakland was, or at least what it perceived to be with the whole AB thing, and all that kind of stuff. It was kind of interesting oh, yeah. to see the inside of what was going on. And it's, and it, it wasn't as much of a fiasco for them as it was for everybody else. Um, and even, you know, the, the camera time that AB had and stuff, it, it didn't make him look as bad as I thought it was going to like with his, yeah. it must've been before his episode. Cause he obviously went off the deep end for a lot of it, but, um, you know, the stuff he was doing with fans and going to his old school. I mean, stuff like that where I was just like, yeah. The guys really loved him. Like, they would, you know, welcome him and all that kind of stuff. And he was, you know, he was still part of the team, it seemed. Anyway, I, I did kind of uh, change my initial feelings over AB when you're watching it. So, but whatever. You also ultimately know what the gong show that, that ensues afterwards. But it was pretty yeah. well done.
1: He was a hero in the city of Pittsburgh. Uh, let me just—I'll just start and stop by saying that he was—he came out of nowhere in two thousand ten as a as a third or fourth round pick and just led the Steelers to the Super Bowl. They were not very good in twenty ten, by the way, yeah. and uh, they just found these diamonds in the rough. I mean, this is you know. Anyway, I I, I do wish the guy well. I mean, I hope he does have a have a final attempt i mean but there's some of the stuff we've seen he's going to be suspended if he does ever come back in the nfl whatever team signs him better realize that he's not going to come back right away so
0: oh, even if he does yeah. he may not want like he may decide not to come back right away it was the he's yeah, you okay. know his feet were the whole cryogenic thing that was like you seen him for like half an hour anyway whatever um all right so shifting gears real, real quick because i was trying to get a good 10 in for you um, so I, it's a blue Jay one. So I so I was watching the blue Jay inner squad okay. games and stuff. Uh, and a couple of things I didn't know that came up and maybe you know them cause you watched it too, whatever. We'll see. But who okay. is the Jays franchise leader in games played hits and triples?
1: Games played hits and triples. Tony Fernandez.
0: Boom. Nailed it. Uh, and then the last one is just a legit question to see if you're watching the inner squad game. In the Jay's first televised inter-squad game, played
1: on Tuesday.
0: What happened on the very first pitch?
1: Bo Bichette hit a homer run, baby. Off of who? Get used to it, fans. Off of uh was that Matt Shoemaker? No. Nope. Waggus back. Jake Waggis back. That's right. That's right. I felt bad yeah, for him. Uh, the kids are all right, folks. The kids are all right. Is that the that's the Ottawa Senators one? Hey, are we doing that? They're going back to their old logo, Brock, and I just saw a concept of what their jerseys are going to look like or potentially look like. Man. It is sweet. Is it? It's the old black one that they wore their very first inaugural season, no white on the sleeves, just a couple of red stripes. Okay. The two-dimensional logo, but a modernized version. Hey, I like it. I heard they yeah, were going the back because
0: Melnick just found a bunch of old jerseys in a where in a storage <laughs> locker somewhere, and was like, "I'm going to save Double some money on jerseys. this." Yeah. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. You got any last minute things?
1: I I don't. I just want to wish uh, all my good life associates tomorrow back who are going back to work. Uh, I wish you a safe return to work. I am not returning to work yet. My club is still on the list of clubs that needs to be reassessed, and that's cool. So. To all my friends going back to work tomorrow, uh, good luck. Be safe. And uh, to the people at the Ottawa General who are still waiting for me to come back, just hang in there, please. We'll, we'll get there. Beauty.
0: All right. Everybody be safe. We are going out again. I'm looking for songs to play when we go out to this stuff. And this one came up on the, uh, the very first track when I was playing one of these lists. And I couldn't stop moving. I'm like, oh, we're going out to this one. You gotta remember it. This is old school, but it was an oldie but a goodie. We'll see you guys next week. Peace out.